end of World War II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Agent Conan, an unsuspecting population, prompted their revival. These four MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Age of Conan Magnitude. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. Listen to this channel, guys. Episode 116 of Channel Massive. Woo! We got Mark and Noah this week. Jason is out sick. Rumors of Jason's demise are greatly exaggerated. Yes. <laughs> he's just under the weather with a cold. Curled I'm up hoping in a that he's position. getting to play some kick-ass Borderlands right now or something. Yeah. In his absence. I hope he's getting his to do luck, something. our work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But hopefully, we will do right by him in his absence and. We hope you all like the show. This week we do have our regular old segments. We're going to be telling you what we've been playing, which I'm going to guess on both our behalves is not too much. Yeah, car shopping. And we've got a little bit of feedback, and then we've got a chunk of MMO news. we got a lot of MMO news, actually. It's really surprising what's yeah, going on. Considering we were like, let's whittle this down. Yeah, and we ended <laughs> up highlighting everything. Everything. <laughs> Lots of stuff going on for the middle of December. And then we also have a good chunk of general gaming news, and we have a blog hysteria on WoW Patch 3.3, the Looking for Dungeon dungeon Enhancement, which I'm so interested in. I might also do another post on the website uh, as well to talk about it. And some highlights to look forward to in our MMO news include we're going to have some reactions about the Star Trek online pre-order deals and the latest antics by Funcom, what's going on with them. Oh, yeah. And then so, just other crazy stuff with cute animals and the FTC and porn. Lots of porn. Yeah. <laughs> and general gaming news, we got stuff on console gaming dying and just how much America's paid for America's army. We continue to pay for the marketing effort, <laughs> the juggernaut. Yeah. So we don't want to belabor this anymore. We want to do, we do want to tell you because we know that some of you like this. It is Thursday, December 17th, 10.15 p.m. Mountain Time. If you're listening, Jason, that was for you. Yes. <laughs> Virtual hug. Get well soon. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's get on with this show. Someone to hold me tight that would be very nice. Someone to love me right. This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all your Ventrilo hosting needs. So Jason, what have you been playing? You cricket sound. <laughs> I think he's playing Borderlands. <laughs> I think so. 
Borderlands and NyQuil. Maybe Left 4 Dead 2. I'm not sure. I saw him doing some tweets about that. I think it's a NyQuil, Borderlands, Left 4 Dead 2 combo. Yeah. Which I'm envious of. Yeah, except for the memory loss. Actually, wait. No, he can't play Left 4 Dead 2. He got in really huge trouble that he bought a copy of it. Oh, he did? From his wife. Yeah, she saw the copy sitting there. I saw this in their Twitter, and she's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I just like keep trading some games and got it for free. And she's like, that's a Christmas gift. Oh. And so he took it back, and last I remember, he was putting the money he got out of it towards the collector's edition of Modern Warfare 2. Oh, and wow. And I don't know if that means that he's starting it on layaway or something or if he got it, but he might be playing that as well. If I'd read the Twitter feed more recently i might be able to speak more accurately yeah. to that. we've lost track of the twitter feed but yeah uh, i'm pretty accurate on the other stuff that i've spoken to <laughs> sounds like you were there it's awesome watching insight into jason's gaming yes. life <laughs> yes that's what our twitter feed is for and plus jason has just lots of other cool stuff did that he, goes over there. did he report on the porn he's been surfing this week that's gonna be our new segment <laughs> strangely no oh that's good 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 <laughs> And Mark, since I know you like to go last, I do. I'll tell you what I've been playing. My primary game playing time is usually on the weekends, and given my recent car accident and car totaling, and now looking for a new car, it's LFC, kind of been, looking for car. Yes, <laughs> it's been totally dominating my thought process, even when it shouldn't be, all throughout the day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get a car. I need to get a car. I wasn't even ready to look for a car, but. Uh, one of my best friends who I used to always game with on Wednesday nights, I haven't seen him since August, and he came over last night, and so we played a little bit of games. We played the Left 4 Dead 2 demo, because mm. we both love Left 4 Dead, and that was pretty cool, and I just cannot wait. I hope I get that game at Christmas time, and if I don't, I'm going to buy it on my own, and I really want to play that with you guys, uh, you guys meaning Mark and Jason, and also Petter and whoever else is out there who is playing it. I would love to play that online with you guys. I can't That'd be wait. cool. The game just looks so freaking awesome. And so we played that, and we played some Wii titles. I believe we played the Boom Block sequel for Ooh, a while. I want to get that. Oh, and I want to really get fun. that. I want to get that. Um, oh, God, what is it? The uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yeah, I want to get that yeah. really bad. That's another one that's on my Christmas list that I have my fingers yeah, crossed for. That looks way cool. That is something that we should have a game day for. Now, that's Just a, for that, yeah. Dang it, I wish that game had online play because it would be so cool to be able to just play that, that four-player whenever. Totally lend itself well to that. Such a short-sighted decision on Nintendo's behalf, yeah. but I believe that many a lot. One of many recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of the hits keep on coming. Keep on coming. <laughs> and I, I think I played something else, but last night but i can't remember i think i showed some age of conan off it's been a long time since i signed into that you get I real drunk to... and show it off <laughs> yeah look i'm topless i well i just <laughs> wanted to show my friend chris who hadn't been over since i got oh, my yeah. new computer i'm like look at how powerful my computer is look how beautiful age of conan Feel is the wrath of he's this. like wow that game's so pretty it looks really complicated I'm like, yeah <laughs> well, i have <laughs> I four buttons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about you mark now's your go um i played some i played some champions online uh, just to flesh out a new character, which I might do a little post about on the website, but I don't want to give too much away. It's nothing too exciting, though, so you, you can go to sleep and not <laughs> wait for it. Um, <laughs> I played um, I played some Stalker. Wow. Yep. The uh, original one? Or the, the expansion? Sh Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. 
Yeah, there was a documentary on um, about this guy who goes back to oh, like, what's it called? Like Pritzpia? It's this city. There's there's like a there's really a, a city closer to the reactor than than the city of Chernobyl, and it's where the school is that they always show and the big Ferris wheel and everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy went there, and it was a documentary about him returning to his the apartment he used to live in as a kid, and he finds this plastic ball he used to bounce before they were just like removed from there, like and told you you'll be able to go back in like three or four days and it's been 20 some years or something like that but anyway um i was watching that documentary and it was it was freaking me out because i'm like i feel like i've been there i feel like and i was like oh it was when i played stalker so I, i was like i'm gonna go you know i didn't get very far in that and i thought i might as well just i have it on steam so i was like i'm gonna redownload that so i started that up that's kind of cool and um, I didn't get a lot of time into it yet, but I'm, you know, I think that'd be a good game for Jason because it's kind of got some Fallout esque. Oh yeah, it's like a micro version of Fallout, right? It's like a yeah in the in the that zone that they have the exclusion zone. It's like a total wasteland with all this weird stuff going on. And it seems like there's a, it was a pretty detailed character building game in oh, terms of customization and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. It apparently, you know. It, I've heard, I never got this far the first time around, but I've heard it really starts to pick up as far as a story later too, which is kind of cool. But, you know, it was developed by these guys in the Ukraine, you know, yeah. so it's not like it was made by people who didn't know what the hell was going on. wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, didn't come out of Hyderabad, India, where we make games about, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was. People I, are really familiar and close to this situation. And that's why it was, it was like when I was watching the movie, I was like, or the documentary, I was like, God, I feel like I've been oh yeah I was virtually kind of there you have yeah yep. that's supposed to be a really a very accurate representation yeah. of it yeah and I guess they're gonna they're coming out with a, a, a sequel yeah a sequel the first release after it was the prequel this is the real sequel is due out soon and it's supposed to be even more accurate as far as the the area around there and everything mm-hmm. so played just a little bit of that got it reinstalled <laughs> and then um, I played some more League of Legends and I broke oh, yeah. my losing streak, finally. The last oh, right two on. games have been victories. I don't know what was going on, but I just kept getting with these teams that would, like, start out. Like, every time we'd start a game, I'd be like, oh, man, we're going to roll on these people. And it'd be like, you know, an enemy has been killed. An enemy has been... I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're going to just... This is going to be over in 30 minutes, because usually a game takes 45 minutes to an hour. And then we'd get to the mid-game, and it would switch... And it, that's been my streak lately, is it would switch at mid-game, and then we would just lose. And then, so now what's happened, the last two games that we've won have started out, and it's like, someone, on you know, a teammate, an ally has died, an ally, and I'm like, oh, now we're going to totally lose. And then we start winning in the mid-game, and then we win at the end. So I don't understand. It's this funny inverted pattern. That's pretty pattern. epic. Yeah, because you... It, from when we used to play, like, DOTA and everything, if you started to lose at the beginning... It was it, done. It was... It was just an exponential like yeah. progression in suckiness as they gained experience, you lost money, they gained money. You you know, there's just no there way. There's no turning back. It's just like how long do I really want to play this before the inevitable end? And I think that's one of the things I like about League of Legends is it's not so predetermined by the first three levels, you know. That's nice. I like that there's there's some and this would happen occasionally in DOTA, where at the end, if you guarded your base really well, you might get, you might start killing the the, uh, the guys attacking it, and and you could occasionally turn around. But that was like one in twenty games. Yeah, very seldom. And it happens a lot more in this one. So I tell you, we keep getting emails about new characters, and they're doing all these holiday events. They're oh, treating yeah. it a lot like an MMO. Yeah, now they have a um, a tracker t- that'll show you. 
how you've been dying. Like, basically, what is it that's killing you? Oh, yeah, I saw that. It's like the last 10 seconds, where do you get all the most damage when you die? Yeah, and I'm like, man, that is too cool to analyze. They have a cool name analyze. for it, too. I can't remember. Yeah. But that's neat. Have you have you had a chance to try it out? I yet? haven't. I just read about it today, so I haven't Me I haven't too. logged in tonight yet. But I was just I was like, wow. I got to get that game. You should. I well, I think it's I think you can get it free. That's true. That's true, but I I want the full selection of heroes. I don't oh, want yeah. just 12. I want all 20 or 40 or whatever craziness it is and yeah. the ability to do the runes and all that other stuff cuz I think it's definitely I don't know if right this moment it's totally earned its $30 price tag because it really needs a lot more maps in my opinion to Yeah. That's more what that's what I wanted more than anything were multiple maps. I wanted right. to see them come up with new maps that wasn't just a direct rip off of what we've already seen. But I still feel in the long run that it's definitely worth a $30. Like yeah, they're heading in the right direction. I mean, yeah. they they're not just like, "Okay, we're done." You know, cuz basically they're they're getting their money through microtransaction stuff to unlock characters, to get runes. Yeah. So they're it's 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 in their best interest to just keep going and taking it as far as they can go with it. So I don't know. I'm I'm pretty impressed the far. I mean, just trying, just really wanting to get over my losing streak. Yeah, is about the most motivation I've had to play any game in a long time. It's like you know, I can't be losing. I cannot be losing. Well, especially since you owned it when it was in the beta. Right. Yeah. And that's the the funny thing is, is us talking about it and just getting those emails. I feel like you're the only person out there that's playing league of legends which i know you're not oh yeah but yeah nobody but I we don't to hear plays. about it from any of our listeners and no listeners are any of you playing league of legends right now i, I know that some of you might have tried it out yeah, it's not an beta. mmo but it's a it's a great if you're into if you like the battlegrounds or you liked the you liked the um the matches in uh the, yeah. the pvp in um the scenarios in Warhammer, uh -huh. you know, if you like that stuff, this is like hardcore version of that, you know, and as near as I can tell, you know, you can get into it for free and check it out with limited character selection. So I don't know, something to check out. Yeah. Listeners, let us know. Are you playing? Do you like it? Are you still, it, it seems like with the release of League of Legends, the whole Heroes of New Earth hype wagon has kind of decreased because I don't really hear anything about that anymore even from the i need a beta i want to play it i want to play it but now that one of them has come out it seems like the hype around both of them is deflated and i'm just curious if anybody posts that post the closed beta or the open beta or whatever you want to call it for league of legends if anybody's playing either of those yeah or are you still playing dota or are you are you just playing all the other new games that have come playing <laughs> Ion alone? Is it or? a dying genre? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it should because it's it's freaking fun. It's just a it's just like tower defense. Yeah. The other awesome thing that came out of Warcraft three mods, just this perfect, simple but gameplay model. Addictive gameplay. Yeah. Especially the co op tower defense where everybody was responsible for their little oh, grid i love that so much me too that was so cool you're leaking you're leaking yeah <laughs> even more fun at a land party definitely um, one other thing that i like about league of legends that that i don't they they seem to have expanded on it from the beta when you when your characters are loading you know when you've got your teams when your team has started you've you've gone from queue queue up mode to the team is everybody's choosing their characters you're in a lobby and you can start to talk and, and of just your team you can start to formulate maybe a strategy before yeah, the game even loads. yeah then then you play the match and then it's over and then you're back in the lobby but it's against it's your 
um, your team and your adversaries. Oh, and you're all in the lobby, everybody. and then there's little pluses next to all their names, and so then you can add them as friends, like whoever you liked from that. Oh wow! Which in some cases, like the the best adversaries I've played, like the ones that I thought were cool or were, or at least were like not you know shouting out racial slurs or you know we're we're saying oh that was a good game or that was a good kill or Being something like that i've yeah. been adding those people and now it's cool because i have this friends list of all the people that i've been playing with and a lot of them are on like really regularly like so that's kind of cool you know? i was going to ask since i haven't played it since the closed beta does the game still end really crappily where it's no. just like there's no animation it's like game over you win and no heroes of new earth was so much more elegant about the end of no that. there's a total animation sequence now and everything and it you, it it's just like the Heroes of New Earth thing. Oh, where so it's just as polished. Yeah. Thank goodness. And then, and then like huge... I said, it goes to the the score. There's all these statistics, and then it takes you into the um, this lobby where you can, you know, kind of, you can all kind of talk until you're done. Until you get, you know, like if you want to just say, you know, how did you guys win that? You can actually talk to the other team, which I think is pretty cool. It's kind of cool. It's a, I'm sorry. It's that. a lobby for the game it's a it's a chat room dedicated to the match you had yeah which is just cool so. that's a nice touch anyway that that segment was bought and paid for by the <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for you've got mail she was Mailbag time. We got a tweet. <laughs> a tweet in response to Jason's original tweet asking about eating paste. MMO junkies responded with, <laughs> where was this? Yeah, this was a tweet. And I think they responded with a direct message of some sort. Yeah. And they or it or he or she, <laughs> whatever MMO junkies is as an entity, a collective consciousness. <laughs> well, they do a pretty cool Champions Online podcast. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a single person they're running their yeah. Twitter like like us or who. But they said, who in their right mind would do that? I mean, how in the hell do you all have the balls to ask people that? What type of world do we live in where people would actually do something that sick? Oh, and also the eating paste thing is weird. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank, thank you. I'm Who is most... sick enough to write Channel Massive? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's a definite sign of. Problems. I kind of like the implicit con- the implicit concession in this feedback that our communications should be one way, and that. No one should bother writing us. <laughs> <laughs> we will tell you what we think. <laughs> you are strictly here to receive the dissemination of yes. our discussions. <laughs> if you wish to send us an audio submission or a written submission, that is acceptable. <laughs> there will be a review panel. <laughs> you will be scored. You will be... You will be... Me- what is it? You will be weighed and measured. Weighed and measured. And yes. <laughs> and if you're that? found wanting... Yes. <laughs> it will be denied. <laughs> Gotta uh, love that quote. What What is that? Is that from like... It's Gladiator. Is it Gladiator? I was thinking it was from... Um, or wait, it's from the, something The Knight's else. Tale, where he's like, in what yeah. world could you defeat me? You've been weighed and you've been measured and you've been found wanting. And he's like such an ass. And then he gets his ass kicked by the Nike guy in armor or whatever it is. So Yeah. The, the swish armor. Anyway, that was a tangent. <laughs> but in reality, your your feedback makes our hearts go pitter pat. Especially, 
especially when we only have one. We cherish it. (laughs) (laughs) Sad, but true. Yes. And you have not one but three ways you can send us feedback. That's right. How can how can one how could how would one send us feedback? Well, my dear fellow, <laughs> one could respond with you can tap directly into the IV feed of Jason by responding to our Twitter feed, which you should follow. Twitter.com slash channel massive. One word. All one word. And you might get a real time response from Jason or we may covet your little gem of feedback and put it into our little satchel and save it until our next recording session. We may not acknowledge you at all. We'll be stroking the little velveteen back. <laughs> uh. <laughs> or, if you don't want to be compartmentalized into 140 characters of insanity. If you're not a microblogger. Yes, get all stream of consciousness with us and send us an email to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. C-H-A-N-N-E-L-M-A-S-S-I-V-E dot C-O-M. Correct. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the, well, I guess it's three and a half ways. The halfway, is, the halfway would be you could send an audio recording, which we love. We always want more Scott. And submit to us orally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the other element that raises it to three and a half is you can also leave comments in our blogs, because we are blog posting more now than ever. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's yes. like there was a secret meeting or something <laughs> involving an onion bloom or blooming onion. Yes, <laughs> like petals. Are are we are exposing ourselves one petal at a time? One petal at a time. You have our lovely voices on on the podcast, and now you will see our lovely words and pictures on our we'll see fancy our, website. Our written prose. Yeah, and we also have cool guest posts coming in from. Blameful Gecko, who's a, a terrific writer. Julian still writes stuff every once in a while. And plus, you're getting stuff from me, Mark, and Jason. And you have our Twitter feed. It's, there's My point is, there's so much you can respond to. There is so much You really to have to even said. think about it. Just do it. And yeah. we don't think about it when we say it or write it. So. Yeah, we, we probably don't think about it when we respond. <laughs> I mostly just po- post pictures of monster trucks and Scottish supermodels. trucks. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at her. I'm like, is that Buffy? No, but it wasn't. that's how Buffy should have been. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right there. You want to know what we're talking about? Go to our homepage, channelmassive.com. Look for right. steamy. So we took the email section and we made it way more into a commercial about writing us, which is really sad and pathetic. <laughs> but hey, that's the way it is. When you don't write us, we're just going to talk about ourselves instead. So enjoy. So yeah, fill that. Reverse fill that, that void. flow with your voice. Yes. Put us in the corner, please. Yes. Please, <laughs> pretty like please. <laughs> now we're going to be getting into the Week in Gaming. Hey, Jason, what time is it? It's time for the Week in Gaming! Yeah! When you're up, when you're down, in one place, in another place, lay a bee on the ground, on solid days like these. Welcome to the Week in Gaming. <laughs> uh, so... It looks like the FTC has weighed in, and they feel that virtual worlds offer real explicit content to minors. Well, slap me silly and call me <laughs> Willie. I would have never suspected that. Even Wizard One Hundred One. After going through the the barons and being subjected to Baron chat at the the young tender age of thirty something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway. A uh, congressionally mandated FTC report 
And this is from GamePolitics.com, the greatest site ever for game politics type things. Um, <laughs> anyway, the FTC report um, looked into the availability of sexually and violently explicit content in online worlds to minors. And what they found was, uh, after looking into 27 online worlds, including Second Life, Build a Bearville, one of Noah's favorites, IMVU, <laughs> Neopets, RuneScape, There, and Yoville, um, they 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 looked into all those and they found that 19 of the 27 had content that they would view as explicit. They had various levels for for this, from heavy. I mean, heavy to uh, <laughs> to moderate. So you mean it was more to, build a boner instead of build a bear? Build a boner, yes. <laughs> How would you like the me. bear to be shaped exactly? Give How big stuffing. would you like your bear? <laughs> does he, when you rub his tummy, does he get bigger? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I should really should stop drinking when I do these podcasts. Yes. Um, <laughs> They came up with some interesting things. Kid-oriented, designed for children ages 13 and under, virtual worlds fared a little better, with seven featuring no explicit content, six featuring a low amount, and a single world labeled as having moderate explicit content. It's, it's kind of scary that they they came up with this much stuff. The article goes on to talk about, you know, kind of how they did it and 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 you know how the staff eventually, you know, they started out as well-meaning investigators and ended up becoming, you know, predatorial pedophiles. <laughs> but <laughs> I was expecting that. Sorry. But in the end, you know, we I think we we've all learned to uh, you know, much like the internet, online gaming is, you know, a place that Subject matter can change. That's why there's no no ESRB whatever rating. That's right for for games once you're online until it, you can control people fully. Yeah, and until the the mind stapling and the orbital mind control lasers are in place, until the Chinese censorship is implemented. Yeah, perhaps it's time for the Great yeah. Firewall of China. <laughs> And it's too bad, and it's scary for you, especially since you have kids, and I know they're going to be growing up with the internet, and they're going to want to play these games like Club Penguin and stuff like that, and it's, the question is, are you going to let them? They will never know what the internet is. <laughs> they will not be exposed. It's scary. My mom and I were just talking about it. You know, it's like, when I was like two and a half, I used to ride my tricycle up and down the sidewalk in front of the house with my mom inside, not worrying about me. You don't see a lot of that anymore, you no. know? You just don't see... You know, it's it's a different world there's now. There's more paranoia, there's more fear, and there's it they, feels like the predators are more prevalent than they were. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, it's hard to say. I mean, with the Internet, the information age, all this stuff just gets broadcast and made really, really big, and it, it incites that kind of fear. Yeah. Is it like we're exposed to the – we're so overexposed to the worst-case scenarios that we just think there's a – you know, a pedophile in every corner. You know, it's because I'm sure there's there's kids that play these 27 games that never encounter that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that the FTC's study was valid or, or invalid, but I'm wondering how hard they had to work. Did they just casually come across sexual stuff and yeah. and what is moderate versus heavy? Really, what does that mean? Yeah, is there how, different rankings based on age groups? That's true. It bears worth. It bears more research, I suppose, to understand. I'm sure it's published somewhere, but we don't have that at our fingertips. Yeah, we just kind of have the the article. We have the summary. Yeah. Um, 
In other less depressing news, um, there is finally a release date for Global Agenda, yeah. a game that Noah's kind of had his finger on the pulse to of, with, yes. to end with a preposition. Um, yes. So the release date will be February 1st, 2010. Um, I don't know. It looks pretty exciting. One thing I think is hilarious is in the promo video, the f- first thing they show is a very World of Warcrafty looking elf. And their slogan is "No Elves." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's so, interesting. It's kind of got a hybrid model. It's yeah, it's got an EverQuest type, or, or I'm sorry, Guild Wars type model where you can buy it and you just play a limited chunk of the game, or you can do an MMO subscription model and you get access to different modes and stuff like that that you wouldn't normally get into. I think the box art looks freaking sweet. The first thing I thought of when I looked at it, I'm like, wow, it looks like I'll be able to manage my own clone army from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> right on. I don't think is at all the case. Perhaps Maybe not it's accurate. Impl- it implies uh, the homogeneity of the gamer game yeah. players that everybody's going to look exactly the same because they're all just grunts and army. I'm, I'm sure that's not what was intended at all, but I still think it's a really sweet it looks... cover. And the only way, any game that has the word agenda in the title is two thumbs up by me. If it had intervention, would you yeah, like That's it? the only if way it, was, it could be better. If it was global intervention. Global intervention. <laughs> that's what the sequel needs to be. That should be. I would love that. Noah loves interventions. <laughs> I sure do. And I'm looking forward to this, and, and I'm really wondering how this game's going to fare, considering it's launching so close to Star Trek Online. This is... Oh, yeah. These are two very different sci-fi MMOs, but, you know, if someone's not really informed, if they haven't been researching a lot, I'm, I'm intrigued what they're going to pick up. Yeah, I get the feeling that for 2010, a lot of people are excited about Star Trek Online, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's much room on the hypometer for Global Agenda. But Unfortunately. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes there's those sleeper hits, right? Yeah, who knows? This could be the one that comes out and it's still around five years later in Star Trek Online. Evaporates yeah. in three. I don't know. And I don't remember exactly when Jumpgate Evolution's coming out, but that might be... Yeah, Coming that's another soon. one. And that's, you know, and then there's all the stuff from Sony online, too. It really feels like 2010 is the year of the unconventional MMO. Yeah. In like terms of theme, at least. Basically, the no elves kind of thing, right? Like yeah. Sci-fi or spy or, you know. Or gang warfare. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, or, it's you know, pretty cool. Knitting, knitting to victory or <laughs> yes, quilting, quilting <laughs> apocalypse. Um, in other news... Um, well, while we constantly marvel at the technological achievements of Eve, we also marvel at the, the rampant security and and um, <laughs> exploit flaws that seem to come through. Mm-hmm. Also, there was the, the infamous format the C drive on installation for Vista bug that they had a long time ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So um, just in time for Christmas, it looks like <laughs> there's another exploit available in EVE Online. It's, it may have been patched by now, um, but uh, from the from their community forum by CCP Wrangler, does not look at all like a cowboy. Just to, <laughs> to, it says an issue has been discovered that makes outposts and infrastructure hubs vulnerable to attacks without the attacker having adequate sovereignty blockade units, SBU, coverage in the system. Attacking outpost and or infrastructure hubs without adequate SBUs in the system is an exploit, and any incidents will be dealt with accordingly. Smack. Situations where attackers have the proper SBU coverage are not subject to this rule. The problem is under repairs and will be fixed as soon as possible. We thank you for your understanding and patience in this matter. There is a 
whole ton of responses, but the best one ever was the guy was from Winter's Chill who said this expansion is buggier than a Friday night on Clindathu. And I was like, that resonates with me. I, I, I know what that is. It's the homeworld of the bugs and starship troopers. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank, thank you. Said. Wikipedia. That's a great metaphor. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a new expansion. It, it tends to happen. Um, you know, what you going to do? other news as far as EVE Online and their technology woes, they have uh, it looks like they've they've set the record again for, for concurrency. Yeah. yeah, so um, the previous record was 53,850 set of mo- in March this year for concurrent pilots and they're now up to 54,181 pilots or players on one server. It's a lot. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's such a vast universe too. It's like, you know, they totally did their technology differently. It's and that they've managed to subsist and still be very popular with their core player base. It's really cool. Yeah, and slowly and their numbers continue to grow. Yeah. Keep finding those spreadsheet fanatics. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the biggest stories this week in MMO news is that something that a lot of people felt might be a done deal given the what seemed like it would be a weak counter argument is that Interplay won the Fallout lawsuits with Bethesda meaning that Interplay can continue to publish its so-called Fallout trilogy and call it that which consists of Fallout 1, 2, and I think Brotherhood of Steel or, or whatever it is. And more importantly, potentially for both Bethesda and Interplay, is that Interplay keeps getting to make its mysterious Project V13, which everyone believes is the Fallout MMO. And Bethesda's stance was, well, you needed to raise X amount of dollars, you needed to show concrete evidence that you have been developing the MMO and you have done neither sufficiently and that's when we got to see a first few chunks of concept art and the reaction over the internet's been kind of uh, i hate this term forehead slapping and cynical because people are like oh my god fallout 3 is the best game ever jason says <laughs> and so therefore bethesda is most qualified to make a fallout mmo and gosh now this MMO from Interplay is going to totally suck. My stance, Interplay is a beleaguered developer. Uh, hasn't been really been managed well. but And I don't know how many people at Interplay still are part of that original team that were making the Fallout games. But frankly, I'd like to see their... If they are there, I'd like to see the original people who made the Fallout franchise make the Fallout MMO. I know that Fallout 3 was great, but it was definitely a reinvention of it. It was... An Elder Scrolls-ish. It was a reboot. Yeah, it was a reboot. And I've heard so many great stories about Fallout 1 and 2 from you and Jason. And again, I don't know who, if any, of those people that were behind those games are working on Project V13. But if they are, I want them to work on the MMO. I would like to see if this MMO could really bring in the 
dark humor and and all the personality that I think Fallout was known for more than anything. Yeah. Versus Fallout 3 is a terrific game. It's the full package. It's got really great gameplay and lots of heavy atmosphere. And it's got some kind of funny stuff to it. I never really heard that it had great funny stuff. It was more like it's just a fun game, really good gameplay experience. And the thing that I thought was so fascinating about Fallout 1 and 2 is the personality and the humor and the dark comedy to it. Which there are definitely some elements of that in Fallout Three. Oh, it's so twisted in Fallout One and Two, like the whole, the whole way the vaults were like social experiments and stuff. And like in this vault, we decided that everyone would have to shave their head and stand on one leg. You know, it's like just like crazy shit that you always think. You know, everybody that's a conspiracy theorist thinks the government's like screwing with us somehow. And it's like, what better way to do it is when Vault Tech builds this vault, we'll have. You know, the director will have some crazy experiment going on. And everybody's to isolated. Watch the lab monkeys. Yeah, it's an yeah. isolated, controlled experiment. You know, and and that was like part of the humor. You know, and humor is something that MMOs, aside from maybe dungeon runners, I guess, and and some some decent worthwhile attempts by Blizzard. I think oh, yeah. World of Warcraft, and you see it occasionally here and there. Puns. In small a lot elements. Of, there's a lot more puns than humor. Yeah. You know, and you see it in slight details such as Lord of the Rings with the pie crap and oh, Warhammer Online I that think had old. some stuff yeah. but I'd like to see a really intelligent classy type of humor and if those folks behind the original Fallout or some of them and somebody I'm sure can write in and correct me if I'm totally wrong like they're all gone they left and they're on such and such developer if <laughs> they're, they're all there dead. I'm all for it and you know what if if Interplace sucks and it bombs Who's who's to say that Bethesda isn't working on an MMO right now anyways? Well, yeah. That they're ready to unveil once Interplay it, fumbles. And who's to say that no nobody thought, I don't think, well, okay. People who liked Elder Scrolls thought that Bethesda would do a good job with it, but I was extremely skeptical because I did not want to play Morrowind with a helmet and battle armor on, right? Like, yeah. well, p- powered battle armor, right? I wanted... I wanted it to be the Fallout thing, and they totally did it, and it, you know, it blew my mind and surprised me. Jason's even more enamored, you know. I think it, to him, that is the epitome of gameplay now, you know. That is the perfect ten for him. It is, it is Bo Derek for him. Yes, <laughs> and that's that's awesome, you know. I mean, they hit that out of the park. They reinvigorated the franchise, and 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 you know, unfortunately, it means that like Interplay can come out with something and ride the their coattails now. Whereas, and it'll probably be inferior because this bar's been set so high. But we don't know. I mean, that's the thing. We don't know. It's like everybody's like, well, Bioware will surely do an MMO correct, you know, correctly. It'll be great. Well, we really we they've an MMO. I, I've heard the this um. I've heard this guy in Guy Kroll talk about how when you make a game, that's fucking hard. And then when you make an open game, that's like 10 times harder. And then when you make an MMO, that's 10 times harder than that was. Like, So, you know, they might fall flat on their face, but who knows who will fall flat on their face, you know? It's like, let's just, like, you're to your point, let's just see what they do. There's just so much cynicism about MMOs because so many of them flopped. Yeah. So many different developers or, or, have failed. Or maybe they don't flop, and maybe it's not so much they flop or fail, it's just the level of expectation that it's going to come out and be a wow killer is unrealistic, is unrealistic at yeah. this point. And and it's like, you know, that's what I liked about Champions Online, and everybody can say it's dead and gone, and, you know, they can mourn its, its death. <laughs> but it's like they never set out to be a wow killer. They just said, hey, we want to have a user base of around 100,000 people, and if we do better than that, then good for us. 
you know, and, and I thought that was extremely realistic. And if it's just a giant tech test for Star Trek Online, hey, so I enjoy, it. I've enjoyed all the time I've spent in it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Listeners, what do you think? Are you on the pro interplay or anti interplay? I'm going to guess a lot of you are anti if I'm just going to use statistically the feedbacks <laughs> on the internet. Tell them what they are. Everybody <laughs> hates that interplay is doing this. I think it's just moderately defensible. But. Going into other crazy business developments, Mark, Age of Conan. Oh, yeah. So it looks like you can now play a good part of Age of Conan for free. This is from Massively. Um, File Planet has an unlimited free trial for Age of Conan. Uh, by unlimited, they mean it doesn't end, but it is limited in what you can do. Um, the, the uh, let's see. If you're a File Planet subscriber, you can play the first part of the game for free in an unlimited trial. <laughs> the offer is good until December 31st. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as long part. as you d download it before then, your trial will not expire. Um, they do have a limited number of keys, and I do believe it's only for the first 20 levels. It's like the Tortage thing. Um, so kind of interesting. I don't know. I I think it's cool to put it out there, you know? I I think it'd be better if they didn't make you have to fucking subscribe to File Planet, which is such a racket, you know? Yeah. But I agree with you, you know that. it's it's kinda cool. And and in parallel to that, um, it looks like the, until December twenty third, if you were a, a former player of Warhammer, you can log in and see what progress they've made. One thing I can tell you is you have a whole lot less choices of which realm to play on because there's been a lot of consolidation, which should be pretty good for, you know, public quests and PVP, but I haven't tried it yet to see, um, you know, if you're like planning on rolling a brand new character, it could well be that the public quests will be as empty as usual. I don't know. You know, if they, if they also did an, like if they did in parallel, uh, you know, unlimited, unlimited except up to the December 31st free trial <laughs> that would be pretty cool to get some more people in you know but I mean it seems to be a theme right now it's like hey it's the holidays people are going to be on vacation let's either reactivate old accounts or let's get some new users in which in Funcom's case I think it's a savvy marketing tactic especially if you're not aware of the difference in the game experience after level 20 because the first 20 levels are just so freaking kick Yeah, that would suck you in if you hadn't tried it, I think. Although I have to admit, even... I, I think when we were playing Warhammer, there was a decent boost to people because the new Orc and Dwarf careers had just come out. And so there's a decent number of people. The public quests were a little bit empty, but there's still... It was still really easy. What was it called? Those instance games that we would queue up for war parties or something? For the um, PvP? Yeah. Scenarios. scenarios. That's what it was. Yeah, scenarios. Those were always easy to get into. And yeah. I tell you what, that sucked me into that game. Really. Well, I, you know, I actually, when I saw the thing about Warhammer, I'm like, I got to re, I got to log, I got to play some of that through Christmas because that's the part I miss are those scenarios because they were. Because I like my League of Legends crap and my DOTA. Yeah, it's a similar type but of But the experience. scenarios are so rapid fire. It's like it's done in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And it's like... Yeah, you don't know if you're going to be there for 45 minutes in an hour. Yeah, because like, an hour commitment these days is kind of tough, you know? Yeah. 
Um, you know, it's not a three hour raid or anything like that, oh, but yeah. it's, it's pretty tough. And with, with the, with, with being able to do like a 15 minute thing here or there, I think it might be fun. And I kind of miss playing some of my, my two main characters. Well, I really miss my disciple of Cain that we, yeah, we played. She was with. awesome. I really, I really want to log in and try. I that. have hankerings for that every once in a while too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have, maybe we'll have to do that over the Christmas break and that'd be pretty fun. Especially if it's a 10-day free yeah. Thelio. If we can arrange it through that somehow, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. And I, I'm sorry I didn't misspeak earlier about the Bethesda thing. I made it sound like it was kind of a done deal with the court stuff. And all that's happened so far is that the court has denied Bethesda's motion to block Interplay's Fallout work and Interplay's ability to sell that Fallout trilogy. So the the lawsuit hasn't been completely set in stone it hasn't been finished it's just that Bethesda made a preliminary attempt to just kind of halt Bethesda and its tracks or to, to halt Interplane's tracks and it failed and Bethesda did went, go on to say well specifically Bethesda Softworks PR and Marketing VP Pete Hines said the court has declined to decide the issues at a preliminary hearing and determined that the party should maintain the current status quo pending a trial of the case in 2010. So I just wanted to make sure that in case you guys are like, hello, <laughs> that's <laughs> how what's going on. I, I just misspoke and I wanted to do a quick little instant clarification there. You will be docked your pay. I know I'm going to lose two points there. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just talking about Warhammer Online and we were also talking about Age of Konami by Funcom. And as we know, Funcom is working on the Secret World, which is a really sweet-looking MMO, yeah, based in the real world, and have these has these three cool sects. But as it turns out, they're also making a kitty MMO called Pets vs. Monsters, which I'm not sure how much this was a surprise for you guys. For me, it was kind of like what, but it goes into open beta this month, and it's under a subsidiary a subsidiary label called Sweet Robot. Hmm. And the game's producer, John Wright, said, basically what we wanted to do with Pets vs. Monster Monsters was build upon Funcom's traditions for good RPG systems and RPG mechanics, leveling, grinding monsters, completing quests, and character development, and bring that to a much younger audience than anybody's really brought it to before. So taking kids from a club penguin age and giving them a nice gradual introduction to what people call a sort of Diablo style mechanic and gameplay. Throughout the game you're really transitioning the player from chasing experience points, leveling and that kind of thing and turning it into an item centric game. Ooh, that sounds like microtransactions. <laughs> so they start chasing items, collecting gear, wanting the right armor and that kind of thing. So it's like a, a training wheels MMO. But when I first saw Pets versus Monsters I'm like is this a Plants versus Zombies? Yeah, it sounds like it. But it's huh. it's more of a of an MMO structure and I'm not sure where Funcom's getting the funding, let alone the time, yeah. to work on three major projects. Because you've got Rise of the God Slayer going on. You've got Secret World, which is an entirely huge game. At least it looks yeah, like it looks epic. And this certainly has to have a substantial amount of content. And they're operating as if Age of Conan's been this crazy success, and it hasn't been. Weren't they doing a skiing game too? Is that Funcom or like a? I'm not sure. Who I'm is not that? familiar with oh, it. Oh, never mind. Huh. But. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Who knows? Maybe this kids game, it's its not requiring as big of an investment on the technical or manpower front, and so they're going to be able to crank it out. And 
Uh, if it's successful, maybe they can get the funding they need to fund the other bigger serious projects. And they made a point of saying, just because we're doing this isn't to suggest that we're getting out of making mature MMO games. I think they're using this as a way to provide a bridge to their more mature games. All I got to say is I'm still waiting for the Anarchy Online redo with the the Age of Conan graphics. That's engine. right. They said they were going to do that too. Oh. I know Funcom... It's just like that idea, we were talking about this earlier off, off the air, that if you take a group that's focused on one thing and you start splitting it off into a whole bunch of different things, sometimes you end up with a bunch of crappy different things versus yeah. the good thing that was there originally. <laughs> the good things just lost in the shuffle. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, that I, I hope that doesn't have to happen to Funcom. We're going to have to wait and see. I don't know if you, if any of you folks out there have little kids who are getting ready or they're into Club Penguin, you're like, oh, this would be the perfect way to get them out of that hellhole into something more interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Where they're subjected to ESRB bending yes. behavior. I know. I couldn't help but think about that first story that we started with when we were talking about all this. Oh, this is for little kids. And <laughs> where will the sexual ex exploitation come in? So speaking of crazy disciplinary actions and justice being served or not served, Ion's been getting very proactive in banning the huge proliferation of spam bots that are out there and, and botting and spam stores and stuff like that. Thank God. Just last week, they, the Game Surveillance Unit, is what it's called, banned over 27,000 accounts. Wow. In just a week. And... What's really hilarious, and I'm not sure, this isn't a one-to-one -one correlation, but there's also, there's a video that you can check out on YouTube called Ion, Ion, Ion Online GM Blows Up Gold Sellers. <laughs> this GM actually comes around, and he's running around as what looks like a chipmunk and a squirrel morphed together, melded together. It's like this really cute fluffy tail thing and it's huge it's as tall as the regular human figures this pops up pivots itself points at one of the spam bot stores and does this little <laughs> attack move and then all of a sudden this geyser earthquake of lava blows up underneath the bot and it sends some lava explosion going everywhere and then it disappears and then you see the bot just crumple over and the black wings just fold down. It's kind of sad looking, but knowing that it's a bot and seeing that it's this cute, super cute little chipmunk squirrel thing makes it kind of funny. That is like kind of an endearing thing to the game, really. I, I <laughs> have to say that's pretty awesome. And it's and uh, clearly the player community is enjoying it because in this video there's several little sequences where it shows this little chipmunk squirrel blowing up bots. There's tons of other players on screen there to to watch the carnage. Yeah, just loving <laughs> just it. Great. I would have loved that in World of Warcraft when people would be doing that in the cities. God, that guy. Yeah, annoying. it's taken that whole Warhammer Online banhammer announcement to the next level when it's something yeah. really cheesy and cute. That is definitely <laughs> cool. Okay, so we have a couple more things we want to talk about, both sci-fi related. Stargate Worlds update and Star Trek Online update. Which one do you want to do first, Mark? Um, Star Trek Online. Okay, the more interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Online is doing a killer pre-order offer, and it's killer because it's kind of like a buffet order. 
you yes. can choose what kind of bonus you get. It's not, and there's lots of different bonuses that you can get depending on which re retailer you decide to pre-order the game at. And considering how cool and interesting this game looks, at least to me and Mark, not to Jason, right? <laughs> we'll speak his opinion even. And to former here. staff member, currently mothballed Jim, it's interesting as well. Yeah, and I, and Blameful Gecko likes it too. Yeah, doesn't he? Eric likes it. So we have let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different pre-order offers. And let's run. We'll run down them real quick. If you pre-order at GameStop, uh, if you pre-order at GameStop, and this is the regular or the collector's edition. Pre-order there, you'll get the ability to command the original Constitution-class USS Enterprise as your in-game ship. Yeah, and I think it's just a Constitution-class ship. Not the literal. Yeah, it, I, mean, I guess you could like name it. it that. Yeah. But it'd probably be at whatever your username is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's the one I'm going for. I think that's the one that Jason's most excited about, too. Best Buy is giving an in-game pet. Federation captains get a Tribble, and Klingon <laughs> commanders get a Targ. I used to have a Tribble from the... There was a Deep Space Nine episode with Tribbles in That's addition right, to yeah. the Star. They morphed the two episodes And Jason together. got it for me for, like, Christmas or something, and it was... Yeah, it was like a... It was back in the days of VHS, right? It was two... It was the two episodes and then a Tribble. But my dog got the Tribble. And Intentionally? And it became a pet of oh. his. Yeah. A pet of the pet. Yeah. Amazon is giving you the option to have a liberated Borg bridge officer in your <sighs> ship crew, like Seven of Nine. Ooh, which is pretty cool. Jerry you can Ryan. actually see a. I'm not sure if it's both. I'm. I actually. I would guess it's either a male or a female Hot version but of bitchy. this. Hot but bitchy. That's what it'll be. Yeah, and you can see an <laughs> image of the female version over on Amazon's pre-order page. Walmart's going to give a bonus skill points package. Target gives uh, Target pre-order gives you. A, Unique ground weapon called a TR-116. Direct-to-drive guys can get our pre-orders, give customers a multi-spatial personal shield, which I believe you can use when you're on the ground and you're doing combat, and it regenerates itself as well as the health of its wearer. And Steam pre-orders are going to benefit customers with chromodynamic armor, which is another stat booster so far as damage and critical critical hits that are incurred by energy weapons my pick actually not the constitution pre-order offer at gamestop it's actually the amazon option and the reason why is because i know that ship customization is just as big a part of star trek online as character customization and as much as i do love the classic design of the constitution class enterprise i think i'm going to be wanting to make a totally unique ship and really get creative with it and even if i were flying that one i'd probably try to tweak it if i were allowed to and it wouldn't be the same whereas like well really, it'd have your confederate flag on it and it, it will yeah yeah <laughs> and the Camouflage. idea that i just love the borg i've always really loved the borg and the borg are primarily an enemy in star trek online so far as we know everything we've been told about so far but to be able to have actually a, a borg member that's about as close as i can get to being able to play as the borg which is what i'd really like in this game but if i could have a borg officer to have that which ha comes with its own unique racial benefits and traits that you won't be able to get from any of the other races i think yeah. it's pretty sweet that's pretty cool yeah and I, I think it'll have more of an impact on my gameplay experience versus the superficial qualities of a ship so again it reminds me of age of conan rhino 
or mammoth. Oh yeah. What did you go with? I went with the mammoth. I went with the rhino. Yep. You're always a contrarian. It was hard to choose, but rhino seemed pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> Battle Charging rhino. With the big old tusk. The last thing that we have in our MMO news is an update about Stargate Worlds, or actually not Stargate Worlds, because Cheyenne Mountain Entertainment says, <laughs> guess what? We're not going to show you an MMO. We're making a shooter. And it's called Stargate Resistance. And guess what? It's actually coming out in the first quarter of next year. So apparently within four months, this game is going to be released as a third-person shooter. And it's like, what's going what on? What happened? Have they abandoned Stargate Worlds? Apparently not. And even with all their financial woes, they've managed to come up with a totally different game at the same time. That's ready. Well, congratulations. I wonder if this is going to be like Elite Force Star Trek or... Yeah, like that. that's what I was kind of thinking. You know, like... I don't know, the graphics look pretty good. Apparently Just... the people that were working on Stargate Worlds have been focusing on this game instead. So any development on that MMO has probably been delayed, extended, or ignored in favor of this shooter. I can't blame them. It's a less risky... And it's a certainly a simpler development to make a shooter versus an MMO. They had some pretty lofty goals for the MMO, too. You know, that might have been... Maybe they got a little might, bit more practical. Might be good to get your tech down and get all your... Get your models and your textures and all that. And, you know, then 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 move on to the much harder <laughs> and expansive MMO. I wonder if... I don't know. It's that whole diversification question again is this going to be a good risk for them a bad risk it's going to give them good gunfire gameplay yeah gameplay exactly. to integrate into the MMO would be just know. another shooter with a different setting <laughs> usually it is yeah but that's a wrap for MMO news we have a few stories not as much to go over in the general gaming news which we'll get into next we'll get high and high we are lost to the glamorous are you ready to enlist in some video games, Private? Yes, sir. Soldier. Uh, it seems that the U.S. United States Army went on a five-year mission to seek out and explore <laughs> new worlds. Oh, no, wait. It was a five-year project with a budget of $7 million. This was to create the original America's Army recruiting tool video game, which was a single-player... Well, yeah, it was a multiplayer shooter, I guess, in the end. But it was a it was a shooter, kind of taking you through the the life of an army recruit slash enlisted man. I I actually had downloaded and played it and thought it was kind of kind of cool, but I never found it as compelling as like you know the original Call of Duty or any of that stuff where you were yeah. in, you know classic battles of World War Two like you mm -hmm. know Omaha Beach Operation Overlord type stuff. You know and I. To be honest, I was a really bad paratrooper in America's Army. I had a lot of trouble landing where I was supposed to. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, there's an interesting article from GameSpot, not to be confused with GameStop. <laughs> and they're just talking about the the budget of this thing. You know, we've all heard the stories about the the hammer that was the specification for the hammer that the Army bought was that it had to be able to survive a drop from an airplane, so therefore it cost some, you know, $1,000 per hammer or something like that. Or we've also heard the stories about how NASA scientists were 
going crazy trying to come up with a a a pin that could write in space and then the the Russian cosmonaut program just used pencils and uh <laughs> so it seems that yet again we've we've managed to lose sight of our our goals with technology so I originally started in um uh the, okay the project began in two, the year 2000 was touted as a five-year project with a budget of seven million dollars um it's received um, a number of updates and expansion packs and then a true sequel has come out um this year america army three america's army three was out um that there's been it started out as a pc game there's also been console releases for it for various platforms including the original xbox the xbox 360 playstation 2 blah 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 What's interesting now is that the budget overrun for this thing is is pretty significant as it's around 25.8 million over what the original 7 million dollar estimate was. So uh there's a there's a year by year summary <laughs> but you can kind of work through it. It the interesting thing is it it seems to be growing every year as far as how much money's going into this. So I guess the question you have to ask is is the army getting their money's worth you know I, I, don't, I don't know Noah have you felt the urge to enlist before you become too old to join the army but then again you haven't played the game have. you have not jumped out of that airplane soldier maggot um, <laughs> I got you. Yes. <laughs> Set an <laughs> Which is just not right. That's not that sh should not there should uh, the US Army should not be competitive in the gaming industry. I'm sorry. They should be competitive on the field of battle. They should be competitive in in keeping um, the United States of America secure. Yeah, some of the comments are pretty interesting. Um, they're just talking about like the whole boot camp thing is like, a, which you have to go through boot camp, is just such a huge turnoff for most people who try to play it, uh, because they say it's too realistic and too difficult. And in the end, you realize, well, you're playing a video game. Maybe you don't want total realism. You know, maybe you want something more like, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 or something like that. But uh. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's pretty funny. I th I think it's crazy they did the Freedom of Information Act to get the number. That's that's wild. So I don't know. We don't live in America. See, I'm glad I don't. This or you might want to expatriate and come join us. Yes. And and that's fine. You will be relegated to a life of migrant working <laughs> picking our fruit crops. But that's okay. Because 
we have free-to-play games like America's Army, and we will begin the indoctrination. Yep. You can go to tea party rallies if you'd like to. Those are fun. And now it's time for... We couldn't find a better topic for this week's blogosteria than what else than Warcraft's 3.3 patch. Yay! Whenever there's a big patch update in World of Warcraft, there is usually something in there for bloggers to go crazy over. And the instance, the thing that we want to focus on in Fall of the Lich King, as this 3.3 patch is titled, is the new Dungeon Finder which is a group searching service that will exist in parallel or alongside the looking for group feature that's already available in game but it's, it's a game killer oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's it's true specialty is finding another set of people five people putting together a five person group and you can do this as a group or a solo and as a character you can specify which of three roles you're going to play as healing, damage, or take, tank, regardless of your character class. And it doesn't matter where the dungeon is, you get warped into it, you do it, you get warped out, you get the loot, you get the experience there, and you get a much higher chance of getting this seriously awesome pug in-game pet reward, which I think is awesome. <laughs> so playing in pugs, P-U-G acronym, can net you a super cute pug little P-U-G as in the dog. Yeah, so well animated. Freaking awesome. As the sniffing scene, uh, animation, the scratching animation, the butt dragging across the floor <laughs> animation, and then sniffing to see what that smell is animation. Just utterly hilarious. It's got a giant spiked collar on. Yeah, you totally have it's to check really it out cute. if you haven't seen it. It's such classic Blizzard goofiness, and I love it. Now, the consternation about this... Uh, I thought there would be more negative reaction to this, but there and there has definitely been strong negative and strong positive. But overall, a lot of our favorite bloggers, who we always like to reference in our blog hysteria, Tobald, Tippa, so on, actually think this is a good thing for MMOs in general and especially in World of Warcraft. Then there are folks like Sin Kane over in his blog, Hardcore Casual who his first response was a blog post titled, that's not the multiplayer that I'm looking for, or not the kind of multiplayer that he's looking for. His he thinks you should have to work for your multiplayer. Exactly. He believes that this is yet another feature and an ever-growing list that is taking the multiplayer out of MMOs and making it a much more single-player-focused experience. And it's removing a really crucial and integral portion of the game that requires that you actually socialize in one of his posts I think this is a really good way to sum up how he feels he says when it becomes effortless to join a group and the amount of familiarity needed to complete a group activity solo the need for socialization is minimized you can champion being social to be social all day long but we all know MMO players are infamous for doing whatever it takes to get to the shiny even if that means having less fun along the way you can't change human nature, but you can shape it by defining the rules your world plays by. And the other big 
oh my gosh, is this really happening? Is that guilds are all of a sudden no longer more about being a tool. Right. Yeah. And there's some people are saying, well, guild membership and guild activity is going to drop because people no longer need to rely on that. And in fact, Tobald compiled some quotes from other bloggers who have been reacting this. And I really loved what Tippis said, another one of our favorite bloggers. She said, with patch 3.3, WoW has finally managed to get rid of any need for friends to do dungeons. And she resubscribed to WoW. She wasn't subscribed. Yeah. And now she's all excited about the gaming now. And Spinks, another blogger of the Tobot Quoted, said, I don't see this as a sign that guilds will die out in the game or that people will stop playing with their friends, but I do think that the success of the new dungeon tool will make people ask themselves what they want out of a guild. Guilds are not actually gatekeepers to five-man instant runs in WoW, although it can seem like that if you run solo. Unshackling the social side of guilds from the group game may be one of the most long-sighted advances any MMO of this generation has accomplished. And one last thought from Tobalt on this before we get into our personal reactions. He said, Now the Dungeon Finder will certainly not eliminate the hardcore raiding guild, but on the lesser level, it is now much easier finding a group for five-man content and even raids outside a guild structure. That eliminates the need to join a guild just for the group content access, and it frees you to join a guild of people you actually like, considered to be friends, and like to hang out with in-game. Right on. And I totally Amen. agree with him on that. I think... That's a good thing. And I think that the assertion that pugs don't facilitate social interaction is short-sighted because I know in my experience, starting out with City of Heroes years ago, that's a game that's all about pugs. Yeah, totally. And we made all sorts of great friends, people that we actually added to our friend list because of yeah. that. Because you see people who are engaged either in role-playing or they're actually really reliable and you wouldn't have met him any other way without this random type of encounter. Yeah, we one guy, Mike from Ohio, right? We used to always get together with him for our game day stuff even, right? Yeah. I mean, that was from a pug, so... And certainly there are plenty of players and pugs that totally suck. Yes. They're not engaged, they're not involved, and it's the bane, that's the stereotypical bane of pugs. It's because it's randomized. But I know when I've gotten into guilds, and I've never been quite as into guilds as you have, Marks, so maybe you can speak to this better... But usually I've always viewed getting into a guild a checkbox that I need to take care of. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I need to do because it's part of the game structure. It's something that I need to have this set of people because... Well, you want to do stuff. Yeah, and I need to find people who are going to be reliable and that I know that some stuff coming up in the future is going to require the people to do it. And I know I can guilt the guild people or they're going to be planning to do it and so we're going to yeah. do it all together. But it's not always like, wow, these people are cool or these people are fun. I don't mean to say that the awesome channel, channel massive guilds that we've had and the games we've played haven't been just that. Oh, yeah. Really great folks, guys and girls, really friendly, help you out, coach you along. That's what I think a guild should be about. A guild shouldn't be a checkbox. And so many people do, especially when you get up to the higher levels in a game like WoW and yeah. you have these massive raids. It's a functional thing. And then there's other people, the, the achievists or the achievers, it's like, I want to get into this guild because I know this guild does these certain raids really well, but this guild won't take me unless I have this gear and I have these these skill sets. And then once I do that and I get into this guild, then I can leapfrog over to this other guild that I really want to get to. And it's just like this corporate career chain that people are going through. Yeah. They're not actually getting in there to socialize. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I think this maybe, well... Is it my turn to react? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I totally no, no, no diarrhea I just, there. I just didn't want to. If you weren't done, I didn't want to. So I think it's it's casual friendly, which is a good thing. 
it, it provides access to content that you might not see depending on what your guild was like you know prior to this um, because it does cross realm instance with your battle group which is if you're familiar with WoW with the PvP with the battlegrounds there were these battle groups which are groups of servers um, and you could when you would queue up for PvP it would pull players from all of those servers to form a team for one side or the other it's essentially using that same technology to 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 find enough people for an instance and then boom you start out right inside the instance so it's a it's an instance that lives across multiple servers so you're going to be playing with people from all over so it's a way to um not that wow has population problems but it's yeah. going to make it even easier to probably get into specific um dungeons to get through the content that you want to get through you know mm -hmm. if you're trying to get a badge or you're trying to get you know some kind of a of a, a coin or accolade or whatever for a particular dungeon to get that super gear you're looking for this could be you know your way to do that if you're a hardcore raider and you're in a hardcore raiding guild this probably won't even matter to you you know already you're already there but for the majority of us who i feel get to the end game content and want and and maybe don't have five hours a night to dedicate it to it or you know three hours every three nights or something like that consistently I think it's a great opportunity to get to see some of this good in-game content. And that's what's really this is all about. I my my reaction to this and I haven't thought of it until this point, but when I saw this particular piece of news, I felt like this is the further googleization yeah. of MMOs or at least of World of Warcraft. Definitely. Because a common critique is that Warcraft has been doing things and inserting easy buttons that make the game more accessible to casual players and what I kind of look at it more is it's improving the overall user experience the usability of the game they're trying to get rid of as much of the fluff and the stuff that's not engaging and tiresome and tedious and political yeah and exactly all this waste of time synchronizing with stuff and they're trying to just make everything quicker smoother and faster and inevitably in a game like wow this tool is all about you being grouped with five four other people yeah you're gonna have to interact yeah you're gonna have there's got to be strategy for handling stuff it can't all be just you know changing the changing the or setting the symbol over each bo boss or mob's head to determine what behaviors happen you have to do some interacting there's gonna be downtime while you're resting and stuff or you hopefully break out into mm -hmm. some chatting you know it's just I think it's just incredibly negative to say this is like ruining the game. And I think for people who are like that, I always say the same thing. Go go find your personal server for WoW and play that pre-Burning Crusade. You know, the last good patch before the Burning Crusade where level 60 is the max and you can do Molten Core all day, you know, with, with yourself or whoever's on your private <laughs> server. You know, I just, I just think it's, it's like it's progress. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's, I think no. it's going to expose a lot more of the game to a lot more people. Yeah. And as, as I believe the developers of the game would find that to be good mm -hmm. because you don't want to build all this stuff. I mean, there's so much content that's in these instances, you know, scripted encounters and, 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 you know, dungeons and, you know, landscapes and, you know, the whole thing, the whole, all the furnishings for everything it's like people need to see that you should see that it's part of the game and some of it is so epic and so well done 
and the thought that you know a tiny fraction of raiders actually see it is just mind-boggling to me you know whereas everybody sees the barons you know <laughs> yeah and that's not a thing you really want to see it's not a place you want to stay so i think you know kudos to, to blizzard for this i think it's great and hopefully other games will steal from it and include it as a standard feature you know and some already do like city of heroes i mean yeah definitely right let's wrap this one up with a point counterpoint from our two featured bloggers sin kane and tobald we'll start out with sin kane so these are the conclusions to some of their to a couple of their posts on these and i think they really give the two different sides of the story sin kane said the new LFG tool certainly makes getting into a dungeon easier and wow, that is undeniable. What time will tell is how the tool changes the already weak social fabric of the game. WoW in 2004 was far more of a virtual world than it is in 2009. And with the continual changes to instant travel, anonymous grouping, and the reduced reliance on others, it's not hard to see why many view it closer to a game like Guild Wars than something like EverQuest. Which is not a bad change overall, as both Guild Wars and EverQuest are fun games for what they offer, but if I'm looking for a virtual world to interact in, which game am I more likely to pick? And which game is more likely to keep me around purely based on those social chains? So he thinks the world is unraveling, yeah. the social side. Good for and him. <laughs> Tobal directly addressed this, addresses this whole uh, decreasing social stuff in a, in a post called Making MMORPGs More Social. And his little conclusion is, I'm quite happy about the new and improved World of Warcraft, and the expansion next year certainly won't hurt either. I think the game is on a good way to become more social, not by kicking out solo players, but by offering them alternatives of cooperation that don't require everybody to be hardcore. Random grouping does lead to social interaction, it just takes longer, and it works in more indirect ways. In any case, the new WoW is a huge improvement over one with a small elite cooperating in raids <laughs> and a large majority of players and quote-unquote forced soloing well said i think yeah gonna side with tobald on this one how did that happen <laughs> it's bound to happen someday i suppose <laughs> listeners let us know what you think are you loving 3.3 are you hating 3.3 or this feature just in general maybe you're not in world of warcraft and your game has this feature or you think it should let us know what you think what's your take on it Mail at channelmassive.com. M-A-I-L. Or twitter.com slash channelmassive. Or, of course, our website, channelmassive.com, still freshly redesigned and loving your input. I do not understand what it is. And this is the end of an episode that ran a little bit longer than we expected. Yeah, it was only going to be a 15-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> we As have exceeded always, that by over an hour. Whenever Channel Massive becomes a dynamic duo, it the content forever. doubles. Yeah. <laughs> uh. We hope you like the show. We'll be recording again next week, and we'll include your feedback in that if you send it in. So get on that feedback. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't let us have to talk about how much we love you again. Yeah. It's painful. <laughs> Thank, thanks for listening. Thank you very much. <laughs>